is what a season. What a season. We've done it. We've reached the end of season two of This Band is Real, the show about bands you've never heard of. I'm your host, Madeline DiMiuga, and by this time, at this point, I would have hoped that you would have listened to our whole season. I think that, honestly, it's it's been such a wild ride and such an amazing experience to be able to promote all these musicians, all these comedians with how talented they are. I am extremely humbled that any of them have even decided and deigned to be on this show. Um, thank you from the bottom of my heart, guys. I really, really appreciate it. This show was responsible for getting me out to L.A., in the first place. So thank you so much. Thank you to all the music producers that we've had this season from house cat to fictitious professor to Jake drum ghoul. And then a special, special small guest appearance with Trey Curtis. I couldn't have asked for a better group of friends to do this with. And if you're listening to the show and you're thinking to yourself, I would be really good on it. Please, please come on to our show for next season. You can email us at tbir.podcast at gmail.com. Send us a clip of what you do, whether you're a solo artist, a band, an actor, a comedian. We'll take you. We'll have you on the program. It's a really good program. And, you know, maybe just tell us what your favorite episode you listened to was. I would hope that you would listen to the show before you got on it, but also self-promotion is self-promotion. I get it, baby. Don't you worry about it. Also, what's really fun about this season is that we're releasing two playlists after the fact that'll be accessible on SoundCloud and Spotify, even though they didn't want us to be on Spotify as a podcast. I'm still salty. I don't care. It's the last episode. Anyhow, these two playlists. So one will be featuring all of our real artists from the season. So you can go ahead and check out all of their music just collected off of Spotify, as well as our music producers. So you can listen to their beats and their songs and their release tracks. But also the second playlist will feature all of the comedians and actors that we had on the season that created fake songs with our music producers. So if you need a good laugh or if you just want to relive the memories of, wow, I really thought this was a real track. You can check that out this Friday. You guys know what the show is about. We interview two bands. One of those bands has not existed until this point. One of those bands is fake. It's up to you at home to determine which band is real by listening to this episode and voting on our socials, particularly just our Instagram. And then the following night, we will go ahead and go on Twitch and reveal our last reveal for who is the real band. So please don't forget to listen to this episode, vote on our socials, then tune in our Twitch to see if maybe you were right. And man, do we have a amazing season closer for you guys. I really don't think you're ready for this, but you know, we're going to have to be because it's the last episode of season two. Let's get into it and get to the guests. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for listening to This Band is Real. We've got just one of the the light of my life, I personally think. Uh, he he really lights up the room wherever he goes, whether it be in person or digitally. Folks, it is the one and only MC Escobars from Embryo Desperados. Yo, 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 that's me, that's me. MC Escobars coming at you from North Southern Gardena, California. Very happy to be here. It's a beautiful day. This is going to be a beautiful interview. I'm so excited. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, look, look, Escobars, I just got to say, um, y'all's 
quarantine shows have been quite amazing. I, I don't think that anybody's really experienced anything more um, jarring yet amazing than an Embryo Desperados digital show. Would you agree? I would definitely agree. We're the best. And I appreciate your words. You're so kind. It's been a hard <laughs> start. We started doing, you know, quarantine hit. We started doing a lot of these Zoom shows. We ended up doing some more stuff on uh, on StreamYard. Eventually we went to um, Zanga. Now we're doing a whole, um, like basically a MySpace tour. It's very, very exciting. So we're doing a bunch of pages, all the dates everywhere from our own beautiful homes. And um, actually coming up in a few days, we're actually doing a big show for LiveJournal. So it's going to be absolutely wonderful. There you go, guys. Whenever we talk about lo-fi sounds, we're talking about lo-fi sounds and lo-fi platforms. Y'all, if you don't know about Embryo Desperados, it's because you're not working hard enough. You're not looking hard enough for how good this band is and their shows. But anyways, Escobars, let's talk about how Embryo Desperados came about. What's with this name? How, how did this happen? How did this all come about? So it's kind of crazy. We actually um, started doing a lot of, you know, as many bands do, as many artists do, a small, small garage shows, a lot of, you know, small indie shows. And we actually um, developed a really, really, really strong following with both the Korean American and deaf crowds. Oh. So a lot of deaf, a lot of Korean Americans started coming out. We started building our fan base. And um, little did we know, we actually had a fan who was like, you should come play at my place of work for a holiday party. Mm. And it was actually a wonderful uh, women's clinic. Oh, and wow. Want to support the good fight. You know, we want to make sure people are getting their medicine. People are getting supported. Um, so we thought we would actually, before <laughs> we were actually called Sissy Boy Slap Party. Oh my and, God. Uh, we changed our name actually for the show and we we're like, we should be the Embry Bros. We should be something embryo-ish to go on with the theme. Yeah. And uh, it was wild because at the time we were only dressing and playing with instruments and costumes that were all Western themed. Oh. Uh, yeah, not by choice. We just found a trunk and we found a guitar in there, you know, some nice <laughs> cow hats, some nice spurs. So we're like, you know what? If we're going to go with this embryo theme, let's add on to the embryo desperados. It'll be mm -hmm. so cool. And um, boy, oh boy, you you haven't felt a rush like we have of performing in front of, you know, 73 to 74 deaf audience members dressed up in cowboy gear, fighting the good fight. It really was an amazing show. And we just kind of kept the name from there. I love that. No, I think the first time that I ever heard of the band name, I just thought of like, these are the last bastions of justice that we have in the, the fight for women's rights to our body. And uh, knowing that it's just like these group of dudes that are just dressed in sarsaparilla hats and, and spurs and whatnot, really just here, here for us, here for what we want to do and what we want to be. But, and you talked about justice. It isn't just us. It is just mm. everyone. You know what I'm mm -hmm. talking about, we're all in it. We're all trying to make sure everyone feels supported, loved. And how can you not feel supported and loved when, you know, you got a few guys on stage with our hats, with our spurs, nothing else. It's a very uh, adult show. But it is a very exciting show, and um, I can't wait to, you know, just do more shows once this quarantine is over and have a great time. No, I, I totally feel that. But speaking of shows, I've heard, now th this might just be me, but I've heard there is a very specific show that was live streamed, or not show, it, it, it's part of the after show that was taking place in 
a very specific location. It is in the smoking section of the parking lot at Cedar Point in Sandusky, Ohio. What were you, Sven, Pepe, and Montgomery Felipe IV getting up to in this very specific place? Well, here's the thing. Whenever we go on the road, whenever we do shows, um, we're all like pretty big like nerds when it comes to like theme parks and having fun and like going out and exploring whatever cool town or whatever cool city has to offer. And specifically, uh, Montgomery Felipe IV, or as we call him, MFR. Um, MFR loves roller coasters. He's a roller coaster nut. So um, <laughs> actually, uh, MF and uh, Pepe, they were like, we're going to go to Cedar Point while we have this gig in Ohio. We were performing at Cuyahoga Falls. It was mm. just a couple hours away. Let's go to the theme park. And um, we had such a rush from riding all these roller coasters. And when you have that rush, you don't want the high to stop. You want to keep going. So we're like, you know what? What's more fun than roller coasters? Playing live music for our fans. We went to Cedar Point. We're like, yo, can we just do a pop-up acoustic set right here? Oh my God. You, you wouldn't believe it. They actually said <laughs> no. They said no. <laughs> they let us perform, which was very upsetting. So we're like, well, let's, let's you know, we're, we're renegades. We're mavericks. Let's do it in the parking lots. Let's go do it in the parking lot. We'll have a good time. Um, we started playing the parking lot. We set all our stuff up and then um, Pepe got hit by a car. It was a parking <gasps> lot in a stall. Um, not the best idea. So while Pepe was in the hospital, we're like, we're still excited. Let's keep going. We went to the smoking section in the parking lot. Mm -hmm. um, I smoking section, but uh, that's just what I call a sauna. So we actually um, had sauna in the parking lot, went in there, played our set, all of our instruments got ruined from the steam and the heat and the sexiness of what was going on in that sauna. But I will, I will never forget that show. I, I definitely put that in the top, oh God, 700, maybe even 750 of best shows we ever had. Oh my God. But also, yeah, that, that's very impressive for a band of your caliber to have that many shows already in your roster. But Escobar's, the steam. How could you, what, what, like, was it just that, that high off of that roller coaster? Was it like that thing that was just propelling you guys for hours? Because I can only imagine all the events that you talk about from that, from the theme park and then into the parking lot and then into the sauna, that must've been hours in the course of one day. It was, this was actually a four and a half day long process. It was, wow. Uh, and what was wild is we went the first day to Cedar Point and the next three days they were actually closed. <gasps> so following three days, no one was actually there. There was a wonderful maintenance man named uh, Jose and uh, Jose watched us for about 10 minutes, told us to leave and then we you know, <laughs> put him in the trunk. He can't say anything if he's in there. And uh, we just kept playing. We just kept going. And um, I think when you're, when you're a performing artist, you, you love performing and you get such a such an excitement out of it. And we didn't even realize we were there for more than a couple of days, you know, until we started getting the malnutrition and passing out and all that stuff. But you know what? Small price to pay for your art. God, wait, hold on. Escobars, did you, I'm sorry. You, you're talking about starving yourselves in yes. this theme park and then also yeah. briefly kidnapping a, a janitor? And, well, Jose? Custodian. I don't know if- Custodian, excuse me. But I, I misspoke. Um, I, I wouldn't say kidnapping. It was mm -hmm. very, you know, only a day and a half. You know, it wasn't too bad. We got, it, it, it was actually probably the best paying gig we did because that ransom was at least three, four grand. You know what I mean? <laughs> so the payout from it was tremendous. The fun 
was tremendous. And yeah, there were a lot of odd, crazy things within it, but that's just the lifestyle of a performing artist, baby. That's a lifestyle of a musician. You want to go out there, have fun, make sure people remember you, run away from the police. When they catch you, give them a fake identity, go into the woods, make love to your audience members and your other fellow musicians, mostly just your fellow musicians. Um, the, the, the janitor slash custodian was not down. We actually, I wouldn't even call him an audience. Right? Point being, there's a lot of fun stuff when it comes to the, you know, the music industry and I'm along for the ride, homie. And I'm just excited to be a part. Gee, uh, Escobar's, I gotta be honest. This is probably the most wild interview that I've had ever. And we're on the second season of this, uh, this, what? Oh, oh. it's, it's wild to play music it's wild to drink a gatorade it's wild to brush your teeth for 10 seconds in the morning there are a lot of wild things that happens in our lives and i really just want to take the energy that comes with it and just roll with it you know what i mean not think about it too much you know make out with pepe find another body in the woods try to ransom that realize you just solved a cold case really there's just you know a ton of things that life gives us and we just gotta have fun with it while we're in this earth Man, I mean, I hear you on all that, but like you, you really sound like you've had like dozens, if not thousands of adventures, not only with the band, but outside the band. Does that really inform your music by any chance? Oh, no, not at all. I uh, don't oh. talk about my experiences. I'm very impersonal when it comes to my music, very impersonal. Mm. Um, when it comes to my music, you know, I really focus on, uh, on really the feelings, you know what I mean? So a lot of the mm. feelings, don't necessarily have to be a story about your childhood or a story mm -hmm. about a lost love it can be it can be a grunt you know what i mean it could be a it could be a grunt it could be a scream um from either of your orifices you know what i mean it could be from the mouth hole from wherever it can be you know have some taco bell boom boom pow you might get some cool sounds out of that um i think when it comes to how i create music how i how i look at music i really think of it as you know if i was a frog and i was a frog in a lake Mm -hmm. And across from the lake, I see another scorpion. You may have heard this story. Mm. I want to scorpion, give them a ride to the other side of the lake. And then you as a frog deliver the scorpion and you make out with the other bandmate frog. And you tell them that you've, you've loved Pepe your whole life, ever since you were, you know, 10 years old when you were in grade school. And, and he says no. And then you have a couple wine coolers as you're both frogs. And you just, um, what was the question? What was the question again? Um, how have your experiences informed your music or your feelings rather you were talking about your feelings inform your music? Uh, not, not, not much at all. I guess to answer the question. <laughs> Pepe. Got it. Got guy. it. He's very handsome. I believe you. I believe from all his photos as well. Um, but I, I think that that's actually what you were talking about where it's just a feeling that sometimes it's just a, a scream or a grunt that really explains the title of the single the yes 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 oh you here's the thing we started working on the about i would say about six seven months ago mm. and we laid down the track we had some vocal ideas and of all the songs on our new album it's it's probably the one we've worked on the longest and i am so excited to share it with the world it is going to be such a hit such a blast hopefully we can debut it next year at the cedar point sauna you know we'll see crossing fingers but uh but yeah we'll see I mean, uh, like, can, can you tell me a little bit more about the album as a project itself? I see here that the title of the album is Ibu, um, Ibu. but 
it, it seems like it's actually an acronym for something. I see an E dot B dot E dot W. So what, what is this? So just like from our, you know, one of our first big gigs over at that wonderful clinic, um, we really wanted to do something that uh, reflected that embryo desperado spirit. Mm. So we actually um, named the album Embry Bros before Embry Respectable Women. Um, it is going to be wonderful. It's uh, 73 tracks. It's actually going to be on nine different albums, nine different CDs. It's more of kind of like a set, um, but we're calling it an album because, you know, it's all it's all one big piece with one flowing story. And um, I really want to tell a lot of our fans out there, if you've been following Embryo Desperados for months, years, just years, we've only been around for a couple of years, mm -hmm. um, I think our fans have a certain expectation. And I think this is gonna blow a lot of expectations. It's very different. It's a little more weird. Um, it has it has a lot more cuddling noises. Everyone's been asking for more of the cuddle sounds, uh, a lot more of the moans. And um, I'm very excited to show it to the world. I think it's going to be something different, something exciting, but it still has that desperado spirit that everyone wants. I mean, when we talk about desperado spirit, we're, we're really talking about the very specific sounds that you guys include, just like you were saying earlier, but like, from um, MFR, as you so lovingly called him, on yep. the kazoo to Sven on the accordion. Of uh, I mean, what what can we expect out of Pepe for this album? Because knowing that he's the beats man, like, is there anything that we should expect that should be different? Should we expect more from Pepe? So, if you follow Pepe on social media, if you know if you're on his Zanga ever, you know he's a pretty upbeat guy, and I mm. feel like that upbeatness, that excitement, that joy has always shown through in our art. Um, unfortunately, very recently, uh, Pepe's fiance of a few years, um, her name's Tiffany. You know, she has got one eye on her face and one eye in her name. Very great lady. Uh, she actually um, broke up with Pepe <gasps> way through the process of creating this album. So I think something that's very exciting is you're not only going to get, you know, the amazing fun accordionists from Sven and MFers, you know, always solid music abilities to the table and you know what I can bring, but you're also seeing a, uh, I would say a more sad, a more uh, crushed, a more heartbroken kind of vibe from our other members. And um, because of this breakup, it's really kind of changed our style. Mm. So you're going to get a lot of the same from the rest of us, but, uh, boy oh boy there's some there's some kind of new vibes coming at us in the the sadder regions of the earth and the fields uh and i and i i can't wait for it i think that uh you you yourself escobars are an experience and i thank you for the experience that you have granted me in this interview folks i hope that you guys are ready for embryo desperados um new project um, Embry Bros before Embry Spectable Women. Yes. And um, you know what, Escobars? I think we've just been teasing the audience long enough. I think it's time to listen to the single. So. Perfect. Uh, I'm, so, I'm so glad I pronounced it correctly. But um, do you have any last words for our audience before we go ahead and play the single? Most definitely in this really crazy time of, you know, us going through this pandemic over the past while and all this going on, um, definitely support your local artists. Um, mm. support if you know any performers, any artists, definitely, you know, check them out. And it doesn't have to be necessarily buying their album, although we'd love it, but also just spread our 
wonderful work over social media. So with that, I want to say, um, after you hear the song, and I'm sure you're going to love it, definitely post about us on Twitter, on social media, and just use the hashtag, hashtag, um, remember, it's not hashtag, it's hashtag, so you want to put that extra Q in there. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of people the hashtag but if you just put that hashtag on everything we really appreciate it spread the word over us you're amazing thank you so much for this opportunity to this band is real guys we have a true gem with us in the studio today a truly a genius of our generation i hope that you are just as prepared as i am for his greatness please welcome to the show bill dank of ass erosion oh yes thank you Oh my god! Oh my god! What is happening? Who? Who is this? Sorry, I was working on a new note there. Figured it was a good time to see if I can hit that triple octave. Jesus. Um, Bill, I'm, I, I feel like I've ascended truly just through that, but that should be no surprise because your music with your band truly does that to every listener and listeners you are in for a true treat today uh bill let's talk about ass erosion how did this happen why did this happen well ass erosion is a complicated origin story but there is an origin and 
you know, it's hard for me to imagine a beginning without mentioning Bonsai Japanese Sushi Grill. Uh, Bonsai Japanese Sushi Grill was the home of some of the best uh, chicken teriyaki, salmon teriyaki, beef teriyaki you could have. Uh, it's where I got my start as a member of the service industry. And that's uh, the first place I found uh, my first band member for Ass Erosion. And uh, yeah, that's Tim Burvis. We met at Bonsai Japanese Sushi and Grill. Was he also in um, like the back line? Was he one of the chefs or one of the? Um... No, we were both. We were both servers. We oh. both wore kimonos. Cute. And uh, yeah, we wore kimonos, and we were both white. Ah. Uh, and I mean, we didn't have a choice. We needed jobs. You know, life's hard. <laughs> you need money. You know, no, for sure. And, co-worker at the place it's hard for me to remember his name it's it was either scott or travis he was a weirdo weirdo line chef oh <laughs> he was the type of guy that like liked telling you about the bones he broke what? you know he was the type of guy that'd be like i broke a bone <laughs> and i did nothing about it and you'd be like you should probably go to, should probably go to the hospital and he's like life is nothing pain is everything and it's like are you are you all right man you need it yeah i'm gonna talk <laughs> <laughs> and he's like I skinned my eyeball. I can't see out of this one. I'm sorry, like, what? Yeah, he, I'm not kidding. One time he, uh, like, cut his thumb off. Oh, my God. Like, chopping vegetables. Oh. And Bonsai was close to a hospital. It was, like, not – and an urgent care. It was not <laughs> hard to get medical help. It was walking distance. Oh, wow. And this dude still was like, I'm fine. I don't need it. <laughs> and the boss had to be like – you should go to the hospital, dude. Like, you you can't even cook. Like, you have a bleeding thumb. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> like, like, what is this? What is this statement you're making? This is this is a man who truly knows no boundaries, you know? It's like, true. Like with all the, <laughs> the oversharing he seems to be doing and then just, like, the lack of self-care. That's, it's incredible. This is where ass erosion comes from, is this experience, Scott... I'm pretty sure his yeah Scott was a guy who asked if me and Tim wanted to be in a band, oh. and so we were we said yeah, and we went to go to a practice space to meet up with uh-huh. him. He was gonna play guitar, and we show up, and he never shows up, <laughs> but we're there, so we just start saying like, well, fuck it, let's jam. We didn't really even know each other, but we're like, it's a 20 minute drive. (laughs) You know, he put down his credit card for the room. So, oh my God. Did you guys ever see him like after that? Yeah. He still works at the restaurant. (laughs) Yeah. And he told us, he told us that he couldn't get a ride. And we were like, what? We had, we could have given you a ride. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying this is the. That guy definitely hit his head too many times on things. Got like, you know how some people, you're like, you have enough cognitive ability that I'm not just going to label you as born yeah. dumb, but there's something missing. And it's like, maybe all those times that he like fell off his bike and like didn't go get help and care and stuff added up to just the complete brain drain. Wow. So then let me ask you this question. Was it Scott who came up with the band name or was that just through you and Tim? It, it was, it was through us and Tim. Okay. Uh, we basically were thinking like, okay, it's 2017. Mm. 
everyone is tired of those. Mm-hmm. So we can't be the anything. Mm-hmm. You know, we already have the self-aware the the. Mm. So it's that's off the list too. What can we do next? We had some like kind of cutesy names, you know, like grackles and shit <laughs> like that on the table. And we were like, uh, this is too we this is too like oh commercial it's sounding. Soft. So then yes, yeah, so then we thought to ourselves, all right, we're a bunch of bad boys. We wear leather jackets. My sister has IBS, <laughs> you know. I I'm familiar with the diuretic language, you know. Yeah. I know the experience. I know the sound. Yeah. So we, you know, we just said it as a joke, and then it was one of those things where you know it's stupid, yeah. but you also know you'll never forget it. And there's a novelty in that. And I guess like Diarrhea Planet kind of beat us to mm. this because Diarrhea Planet, I feel like ninety percent of their PR was just somebody saying diarrhea planet right. and then a, like a cr- to a crowd of a hundred and then like 30 of the people are like that's a band what? <laughs> and then they look it up and they're like oh shit this is a band and then like five out of the 30 are like i'm into this and then one out of the five is like buys their merch <laughs> you know? so yeah no i i will say ass erosion is very evocative it's very one it's truly not one of those band names that you will forget but you listen to your band's sound, and it's truly not what I expected, honestly. Whenever somebody first told me about Ass Erosion, I was expecting, like, hard punk. I was expecting something that was going to, like, make my just, like, eardrums bleed in the best way. You know what I mean? Yeah, but... yeah, I, I know exactly. That's like Diarrhea Planet. Exactly. They, like, they went with that. That's, that's, and honestly, that was probably, like, naivety. Mm. Like, if we hadn't gotten a fan base Mm -hmm. we would have definitely have changed the name Mm. but now that we actually have people listening to our shit yeah we're just like okay we should probably wait till we're like a bit more established (laughs) before we can do a name change because you can do a name change but also isn't that a bit betraying to the people that have been on board of Aspiration? Because exactly. they, they've been on board with it. Yes, I've outgrown the name. Yeah. Yes, like, I I now think, like, oh, this is probably not the best name. But, you know, it's still working. Like, there's been worse names out there, you know? It's We really should be called Pepto-Bismol or something. Oh, my like, it's God, soothing. yes. It's, like, where we're <laughs> – like, maybe maybe we, we could make an album called Pepto-Bismol. Yeah, or like I would listen to that project. It's soothing, yeah. Yeah. It's soothing. I mean, I think about – there's that song that's, like – Ba 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 da da, love you. Hamilton, <laughs> it's true. Oh, that band's oh, name um, is Spandu Ballet. Yes, Spandu Ballet. Spandu Ballet. What the hell is going on with that thing? So th- that's just like there's there's examples of how the name makes it mm-hmm. and the name doesn't stop it. Mm-hmm. And Spandu Ballet. I mean, that's they were huge in England. Oh yeah. And you're like what? The- the hell is spandu ballet <laughs> and then they at that somebody asked them that and they're like we sold on a train car when we were in germany <laughs> you're like great so it is meaningless yeah true i love it whenever art can just do that for you whenever people like try to attach a meaning or some kind of like deeper facet to what it is but it's just kind of like no <laughs> it's, it's just what we like the playfulness of language, yes. like messing with the categorical mind. Humans, yes. we just can't help but sort shit and try and mm-hmm. figure out what things are. And then, you know, art, what is art if not like self-awareness? And so some exactly. artists 
gets to a point where they're like, oh, like John, John Lennon, like with I Am a Walrus, like he was like pissed off that people were trying to analyze the lyrics. So then he's like, <laughs> I am the Eggman. And people are like, what is the Eggman? Who's the walrus? What does it mean? And he's like, it means nothing. nothing. I do drugs and I'm creative. <laughs> I, and that's that's the thing is it's like you you don't if you're trying so hard to find existential meaning in every single piece of art that you consume I feel like you'll just get exhausted because that's not what it's about it's just about experiencing that's all it is you well, don't actually need to attach you more. just you actually just made the argument for existentialism ah, the damn origin it. the origin of existentialism is that nothing has meaning so you have to assign it yourself oh that's like the origin because there's the, like the three schools thought this is tangential but there's like the Go nihilist the existentialist and the absurdist and they're yes. all asking an answer to the question of like if life is meaningless what do you do mm. and uh nihilists are like oh do nothing because nothing matters this is all like tldr you know to like this is all like <laughs> first paragraph of wikipedia obviously someone that's actually studies philosophy is like i mean super hard right now i mean at the same time you can be bill dank pocket philosophist you know what i mean yeah philosopher yeah. pocket philosopher <laughs> pocket philosopher yeah but then existentialism is like there, there's no meaning to anything so you kind of uh-huh. make your own meaning uh-huh. and absurdism is like there's no meaning to anything and even like the mere question of that is absurd but that doesn't mean you shouldn't stop to ask it because the whole thing is just absurd mm. so there's like a nuance to absurdism that i don't fully grasp but mm. i feel like if someone's truly interested in that listening to this podcast just right click type it in to in wikipedia <laughs> you'll figure it out comment on the iTunes stores, the, pod- the podcast gets more, uh, leave a five-star rating. <laughs> oh, my God. The podcast gets more hype. <laughs> Bill, you're you're so great at plugging. <laughs> you're so much better than I am. <laughs> <laughs> that was I seamless. What can I say? I'm a smooth prince when it comes to PR. Hey. Maybe that's why ass erosion is so big. <laughs> I mean, you guys have been doing very well for yourself. I think the thing that people really underestimate with ass erosion is just like, um, obviously the name and the subversion through whenever people hear your music, but it's also the artwork that you guys provide for a lot of your albums. Cause a lot of is, am I correct in assuming that most of your band's artwork is original artwork? Yeah. hundred percent original artwork. That's and amazing. I, I, I mainly work with a fellow that, uh, I went to high school with, who's just like a professional graphics designer. Mm. Just, like, from a creative family. And anybody, children from a creative family always have a leg up, you know, because they're just, like, (laughs) doing creativity really early on. And then they also have access to, like, technique and knowledge at a young age. But a lot of them get burnt out because of that. They're like, oh, whatever. I don't want to follow my family's footsteps. But then not this dude. He was like, yeah, I'm down. (laughs) He's like, life of a struggling artist sounds good to me. (laughs) No, that, oh man, that, that always blows my mind how like some people, whenever they come from a family of doctors, they're like, I'm not going to be a doctor or a lawyer. I want to be an artist. And then like flipping that on its head where it's just like, I I don't want to be an artist. I want to be a mathematician. Like that's like, I want stability. I want stability. <laughs> I want to retire. <laughs> <laughs> they're no. like, I want to have a Roth IRA and... A portfolio <laughs> with a decent percentage of stocks, index funds, bonds. I want to have a mortgage, damn it. Like, Three bedrooms. Amazing. One's a guest bedroom. <laughs> Sorry, we're getting a little off track. Um, I always just love talking to you because you, you are such a compelling speaker. And just like, it's great getting into conversation with you. But you're also 
one of my favorite storytellers, and you got to tell me about this one tour story you got that when you and the band went to Clemson, South Carolina. Okay. All right. <laughs> Buckle in, <laughs> folks. This is a good okay. one. Okay. All right. Okay. So we decided to do a tour of the Southeast because we have some good friends and another band called Dinner Time that they rock out in the Southeast. And they were like, yo, you guys, I know it sounds super random, but you have to play at Clemson, South Carolina. And we're all like, <laughs> what the fuck is Clemson and why is it in South Carolina? <laughs> Because we're like, dude, South Carolina, Lindsey Graham, I'm good. <laughs> and they're like, no, 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 trust us. Like Clemson's like right across from Georgia. You guys play in Atlanta, play in Athens, and then play in Clemson. I'm telling you, this place always packs out, and you'll get paid, and people will buy merch, and they'll listen to your stuff. They're like, we're from Atlanta, but we actually like to think of ourselves as from Clemson because this one place called Pablo House is just notorious for epic shows. So I'm talking to the dudes, and I'm like, I don't know. I feel like we have to do this. Like, we've played enough Austin co-ops to know that college part towns can have, like, crazy awesome shows. Right. And so we do it. We, like, book the tour, and we're heading to Clemson. And I didn't know anything about Clemson besides that there's a university there and that I'm scared of South Carolina as a whole. (laughs) And so we're driving in, and it's nighttime because it's a far drive from our previous stop where we are the night before. And – it's like so rural and you know the in the the band you know Asterosian, the the lineup were we're an interracial band yeah. and as a white man i'm starting to be like man did i just lead us into a predicament we're about yeah. to be yelled at <laughs> I'm like, right I'm sorry, like y'all. you might have like a children of the corn situation where there's like and, people yeah. coming out and like taking you away oh my god i terrifying. know this is anxiety i know that like it's gonna be fine and i'm overreacting <laughs> but you can't help when you're the one that tells everyone to do this <laughs> to feel that sense of anxiety yeah. and so we're i'm sitting there and i'm like we're taking all these turns and we're passing hay bales and stuff and i'm not i'm i'm not i'm originally from the like the rust belt so to me i'm still blown away when i see cows i'm still like whoa what the (laughs) fuck y'all are aliens and so i'm i'm getting all nervous but eventually we pull up and i'm like why did we do this this is stupid and we pull up and yeah it's like just like a ranch style home Oh. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> this was a venue. <laughs> oh, wait, and this is Pablo House? You guys arrived This is here? Pablo House, yeah. Wild. And, and the thing is, I had reached out to other bands I'd played there, and they're all like, yeah, dude, Pablo House is fucking awesome, dude. You're going to love it there. Oh. It's going to be the shit. Uh-huh. So we get there, and we say what up to our homies. I'm immediately starting to be like, oh, this is just like a big party house in a ranch house in South Carolina. Okay. And none of these people are going to kill me, so... I'm starting to have a good yeah, time. Good. And uh and I'm like, yeah, this is gonna be a good night. And the first band plays, and yeah, they were right. There's like a hundred people all packed in this like cellar basement. Oh my god. And it's like everything a DIY indie band wants. <laughs> You're like, yeah. damn, like a, this is absurd show. Like like nobody will believe me that a hundred people were all crammed into this tiny little basement and half these kids are going to lose their hearing tonight because they didn't bring <laughs> earplugs and it's just resonating off the rock walls. Jesus. This is, this is going to be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like, and uh, so yeah, we like, we play the show 
Mm-hmm. And bef- before, well, I'm sorry, before we set up, I noticed that there's some people that are like, hey, y'all, uh, just want to let everyone know that we're having a fundraiser. Uh, we're going to raise money for some charity where uh, you can buy tater tots or pancakes for $5. Oh, that's nice. And and I think the same thing. I'm like, that's nice. But I'm also a, a chef, so I understand oh. that you know certain foods you have to take care of them a certain way other time otherwise they get extremely gross right and i noticed that they take this giant mountain of tater tots and they put it in the oven and i'm like yo are you heating those up and they're like yeah we're heating them up right now and i'm like i'm like you gotta spread those tots out you gotta (laughs) spread them out that's gonna be gross as fuck (laughs) wait they just had it like as they just kept it as the mound they didn't even like try to squish it down like 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 five pounds of tots oh in like God. a turkey size aluminum pan oh covered in aluminum God. foil. They had to take the oven rack out to get it to fit. What? They do the same thing and it's full of Bisquick pancakes that I had previously oh, made no. and they're heating that up. And I'm like, you know what? I love donating to charity, but that food is gross. No, thank anyway, you. we play the show. Next thing you know, uh, I'm selling merch to this one dude. And you know how sometimes you can just look someone in the eye and you're like, there's just something about you that's weird. (laughs) You just got weird. Like, it's like, Mm -hmm. I'm not afraid, but I can just tell that your brain, like, maybe we don't. Yeah, like, maybe I see the color yellow and you see the color orange or something. But, Mm. like, you know, like, there's there's some different wiring going on. I don't know (laughs) if that was the right analogy. But he's talking to me and his name's, like, Keith with an F. Like almost like like it was like the weed keef, but not quite the weed keef. <laughs> and he's just like, "You guys rocked!" And I'm like, so used to this drill. Hell I'm yeah, like, yeah, Keith. dude. Thank you so much, man. Like, yo, check us out on the internet. Blah blah blah. blah, 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 blah. Yeah, he's yeah. Like, he's like, I want to buy a t-shirt, but my dad will know that I came to Pablo if I buy a t-shirt. <laughs> and I'm like, I mean, you could just like hide it for like a month and then wear it <laughs> you could have also bought it online and there's no tag have it that shipped says, to you yeah yeah exactly he's like you're right i'll take three <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like we only have two types and he's like oh i'll still take three and i'm like oh keith there's like this is like duality where you're like Okay, I've been trained by American society to be like capitalism, take everyone's money, and then there's uh-huh. the other part of me that's like humanity. Like I'm like, maybe he's buying it for a per- another person. Right. Maybe he's a girlfriend. Right. Yeah, <laughs> you know? maybe. Who am I? It, is, it like, is weird. You know, I'm like, do I ask? And I'm like, I don't know. Like we're on tour. Like we need all the money we can get. <laughs> yeah. Do I need to know about Keith and his yeah. almost girlfriend, or should? Uh, and then, maybe. yeah, and then he buys two shirts. In the same size and the other shirt in the same size. So I'm like, so they're just probably for just for him. And I'm like, do I tell him like now his dad's definitely gonna know he was at Pablo? <laughs> yes, three shirts. Like, you're definitely gonna know you were at Pablo. Keith, what are you doing with all of these shirts? What are you just doing with like? All these shirts? Where are you gonna? Also, like, I feel like if he's if he okay under the assumption he's living with his dad, right? There's gonna be a situation where there's like laundry being done, and his dad's gonna see. The three shirts, or at least like two of the same one. Yes. And just be like, why do you have dual shirts, son? And then he just goes, he goes, ass erosion. And he's like, (laughs) he looks online and he's like, you were at Pablo because it says on our website. (laughs) (laughs) 
I would love for that to happen to me at a merch table sometime. Like I try, <laughs> I'm about to make a purchase and they're like, are you sure you want to make this purchase? <laughs> like this seems a little bit much. Like oh. uh, for, exa- for example, I bought a vinyl from a band called Planet Booty at a show. Cause I was like, I had a rocking time and I want to just like bop to this at home. And they were like, on vinyl i'm just gonna like yeah yeah <laughs> i don't know y'all i love it <laughs> yeah yeah exactly exactly if you ha- if they if they ha- make you hesitate like two or three times in the merch line you won't right. buy it like exactly. it's like the first one you're like oh, i'll probably still buy it and the second time you're like mm, maybe you're right <laughs> yeah like wait why are you making maybe me i shouldn't support artists <laughs> <laughs> so there's not the episode with keith is not quite over uh oh god so, what it's yeah no let's continue it's, oh my um, god I'm so sorry. Yeah, no worries. No worries. This is a fun tangent. Um, (laughs) So so next thing you know, we're like, I'm done selling merch. It's been like over an hour. I'm like, all right, everything at this point is pity bias and I'm not ready for pity bias. Mm. And so I'm like, all right, let's go upstairs. And so we're upstairs. We're just hanging out because it's like we thought it was a venue. It's not. It's a party house. So it's like we're just up there. We're we just drove all day. So even though we can be gregarious fellows, we're Mm. just not. We're just like, oh, actually, we just like. We just drove so far, but yeah. I guess we're at a party. <laughs> so, like, I guess this is where we're sleeping, right? Might as well. Yeah. Yeah. And so the fellas are just, like, playing Super Smash Brothers or something, like, you know, just to try and, like, keep their mind occupied. It pied. And yeah. next thing you know, Keith comes up and he goes, fellas, fellas, <laughs> look what I got. And he pulls out the giant tin of terrible tater tots. Oh, and I'm like, no. I'm like, oh, gross. But I guess like drunk people. And he's like, I just paid $30 for it. I'm like, I'm like, dude, if it wasn't for charity, I would be like, what are you doing? <laughs> but I'm still kind of like, what do you like? You could have gotten you? that for 15. They would have been happy, bro. Those tots yeah. were gross. Nobody. People were just giving money. They were just like, yeah, here's $5. I don't need any tots. I don't need any tots. <laughs> Thanks. And he was like, I got all these tots. Oh my God. <laughs> and then, and then our, 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 one of our band members, Marcus, doesn't see it. He's playing Smash and he doesn't uh-huh. know. He hasn't <gasps> been paying attention at the tots. So he's oh just no. like, he's like, give me some of those tots, oh but God. not now. Not now. Save me some tots. And Marcus <laughs> like, Keith is like, Marcus, I'll save you some tots. Oh, Keith. <laughs> and then he gives them to Marcus. And of course, uh, that Marcus is like, oh, these are freaking awful. And then <laughs> to finish out the whole episode of the saga of Keith, we're so <laughs> struck in by like his energy and his generosity. Yeah. That was like his irrational generosity. <laughs> and the fact that his dad didn't want him to come to Pablo, that we had to ask someone. We were like, what's up with this dude, Keith? <laughs> like, you know him? Seems like a small enough place that y'all know each other. And they're like, oh, yeah, he was banned here for a while because he wouldn't stop bringing his pet tarantula. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when we're like, all right, but we love Keith. <laughs> this, is a, this is a weirdo supreme pizza right here. Oh, like, my God. You know, he, he's a man that's so wealthy and numerous ways yes yeah oh. all, i'm sure he's probably living with his dad still because he just can't <laughs> not give money to charity truly truly what a wild ride with keith the tarantula master the generous <laughs> keith of clemson south carolina um 
So I, I gotta ask, um, from your touring days and all the experiences that you've had with your band, you gotta tell me about how this newest album you guys are releasing, Apocalyptic Mysticism, how did this come about? Well, you know, I was raised very atheist, you know, mm. slight agnostic from my mom. Mm -hmm. She was like, there's probably maybe if there is, could be something bigger than humans. Don't mm -hmm. know if it cares, but I'm not going to rule it out. <laughs> so the point is that there's not a lot of like religion. And I just kind of decided you know, I've spent most of my life criticizing religion without ever even tasting it past Wikipedia. Mm. So let me give it a damn go. Mm -hmm. So I before, before COVID, when you could go to things with people right. in them and not feel like you're a terrible person or you're going <laughs> to die, uh, I uh, checked out Catholic Church. I was like, mm. wow, this is wild. The church that I grew up in. Oh wow, Catholics, mm -hmm. man! Like, uh, you know, it's extravagant. It's it's heavy, and I agree with that sense. It's a great that's a great word for it. Extravagant. It's very ceremonial in a sense. There's a lot of robes going on. There's a lot of robes. getting up, sitting down, getting up again. Um, no real rhyme or reason to it. Um, yeah, I might add. I mean, <laughs> I think it's just like. It's like hyping up the crowd, you know. It it's really like, is. It's like, yo, get everybody, get ready. We're about to praise this fucking god. Mm-hmm. We're this, about this, to. Yeah, this we're about to just like you, you. You see this? You see this wafer? That's God. That's and you god. don't need to ask questions about it. You just need to know <laughs> that it's God. Shut up and drink <laughs> his blood. Drink it. <laughs> drink it. Dr you drink Jesus's blood today. <laughs> If That's you really refuse, how it feels, man. It really is. And then I did not like, take part in communion. I no, was not ready for that. You don't need to do that. I but mean, I like, just, I was in the pews and I was okay. like, yo, I'm back. When they said, hey, everybody in the pews in the back say, what, what? I was like, what, what? <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> <laughs> Catholics be like that. And then, they, and then they try to like suss you out by being like, yes, eat his flesh, drink his blood. Now come into confession and tell me all about the bad things that you've done <laughs> yeah. in your life. It's like, whoa. <laughs> but you just. <clears throat> do I have to talk about that? Because you saw that. Do we need you, to talk about that? You made me do that, Father. I think we need to have a little. <laughs> I didn't make you do anything. <laughs> <laughs> you did Who that. I suggested it strongly, but you did it. <laughs> yeah, no, so sorry, I, check, but you go, I checked you out Catholicism. I checked out Baptists. I mm. uh, went to one of those mega churches. Mm. Now that that's I see why that catches on because pe it's... some people want to go to church, but they don't actually want to feel like they're. No. I don't know. They don't want to feel like they're actually doing any work. Mm -hmm. Instead, they're like, "Let me just sit in a very comfy chair, a lot of leg room. <laughs> then I just have somebody passionately say stuff to me." And I don't even know. I'm not following half the time because I'm tired. We woke up early and I, this is usually the day I'd sleep in, but I'm here yeah. <laughs> and there's popcorn, there's coffee, there's so much food. It's Nobody's asking me for any money. It's got like the equivalent of like going to a movie theater that's got yeah. like the, the leather back chairs and like the oh, reclining yeah. seats where I'm just kind of like... Megachurches, Cinemark or whatever. Cinemark yes, whatever. like you don't, you, you just, you don't need to necessarily engage with what's what's happening. You can really yeah. just experience it as 
uh, audience member and just sit back yeah. and relax. And that, you know, that like micro second after you finish flossing and brushing your teeth where you're like, <laughs> I'm not a despicable, dirty human covered in oil all the time. Yeah. I'm clean and I'm going to have a great night's sleep. Yes. And it's like 15 seconds before like you like scratch yourself and or like you scratch your head and see like dandruff or something gross mm-hmm. before you like snap out of it. Yes. But I feel like that's the feeling that these macro churches are built on they're like let's make them feel good get them all pretty get them all clean tell them everything's gonna work out and god's there for you but actually we're not gonna follow any of the actual <laughs> stuff like this the, the stuff that was like doctrine of like this is what it means to be a christian and a catholic and stuff no right. this is a for-profit business and i have a plane <laughs> like like they, they they just going entirely off of that like feeling of like oh it feels good to be like yeah. clean and oh uh, uh, yeah we worship together and people is wild they love crowds too like who do. like people everybody loves not everybody like obviously there's introverted people but like mm. a great amount of people will be like yeah pay fifteen dollars to be with like ten thousand people sounds good to me like oh I'm into God. it. They I want will pay that. for the company. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And so it's just like feeding off of that wanting to feel like clean, proper, and then mm-hmm. feeding off the desire to be in like a huge community. Right. And it's really comfortable. Like so you 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 leave and you're like, let's get something to eat. Versus like my experience with the Catholic Church was afterward, mm. I was like, I kind of I'm hungry, <laughs> but I also like kind of I want to, I don't know. I kind of feel like I should be alone in a park. <laughs> yeah. You're just kind of like, I, I, I feel guilty. Yeah. There's, there's all this guilt. That's just like thrown over my shoulder, like an albatross. I'm just going to carry it home with me instead and not yeah, like, talk to anyone. <laughs> humans. We fuck up all the time. And apparently Jesus died because we fucked up and we're still fucking up. Like that's like so. the fact that that's, that's the thing that like is driving home, like for that. And then also for like Judaism, that's like a big thing too, where it's just kind of like, you suck and God knows it. It's like, Oh Oh yeah, dude. Judaism—it's just brutal, right? Like, yeah. um, yeah. Like, I, I have, I have Jewish, Jewish grandparents, and mm. my dad and my mom were like, my mom was like, that was like the agnostic side of her. She's right. like, oh, I'm gonna go to like the most reformed Jewish temple where you don't even have to believe in God, but we're just gonna hang out because we all have these, you know, like Jewish ancestors. Mm. And uh, so you you go there and you're like, you learn about it. And from a reform perspective, we like kind of like analyze what that means philosophically and like what that means society about people and then but then you meet like through jewish community you meet people that actually believe in some of the tenets and stuff and yeah Yeah. everyone is just like yeah no god is not your friend like that's like the big (laughs) difference like christianity like modern christianity is like god's your best friend you can talk to him whenever you want jews are like god's not your friend he will spite you (laughs) like like, dude if you don't do what he says he will turn your wife into a pillar of salt just because you look back too just because she looked back because her whole family was being killed by God. She like, wanted one <laughs> last glimpse. And he was like, no, bitch. I told you. Turn the fuck around. Now you're salt. <laughs> and now fucking salt. He's like the most cruel. He's like God. Jewish God is like borderline sociopath. Because A little bit. He, yeah, he's. I would actually bump him up to psychopath because okay. he's so calculated. Mm. Um, and sociopath. But mate, no, he's sociopath because he's bored. Because you just think about how he plays this elaborate prank to Abraham. He's like, he's like, Abraham, you're going to be my dude, but you're a hundred years old, but you got to have a son. So you're going to have it with that slave you own. And then they have it with the slave. And then he's like, actually change my mind. 
Uh, you can Sarah. She's ninety, but I just made it so she can have a baby again. So go ahead and impregnate her. Let's go for oh, it. Oh yeah, that's like the actual line you should follow. So Ishmael, <laughs> don't ignore him. It doesn't matter. He's a slave child. Don't don't worry. Don't about even it. worry about it. Isaac, that's the guy to go. Sixteen years later, hey, remember how I was like crazy miracles <laughs> got you, Isaac? Yeah. Um, I'm just feeling like I need more blood in my life. So, so just take him up to this rock, <laughs> kill him, kill, kill him for kill me, him. kill him. Kill him, and I'm going to watch. <laughs> I'm going to make sure you do it. I'm going to be there when the stone comes down on his skull. And God I'm sounds gonna... like a villain from a Stephen King novel in that yes. regard. And then right when I, Abraham's like, I guess, like, I you, guess you have to ask yourself, it. like, is Abraham thinking, like, God is righteous and he, this, he has a plan? Or is he actually like, oh, fuck, am I schizophrenic? Like, <laughs> is this a real voice? Or is he actually like, no, this God is real and it's a cruel one. Oh, my God. <laughs> and he's like, should I kill myself? Like, should I? Or he'll, no, if I kill myself, he'll definitely just kill Isaac. No, I. <laughs> what about yeah. Sarah? Like, you just like, can't help but wonder what, what Abraham's thinking when that shit he's happens. He's so old. He's yeah, so he's, old. Yeah, he, he's like 100 when this is happening, too. Oh. And then, yeah, oh, right before he kills Isaac, God's like, what? You're about to do it? What you sick you fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you sick fuck, dude. I was joking, bro. I was just joking. I hate that. I hate that. Yeah. Uh, now, see, the very big difference, like, and I'll, I'll end for, like, my personal experiences here, but the only time that I went to any kind of service where I felt like there was something to be happy about whenever it came to God was when I was in a Black Lutheran church. And like, that was the first time that I saw people fucking excited and ecstatic about God. And I was just kind of like, oh, is that word? This is what it's supposed to feel like whenever people like talk about like the spirit. And like, there was, there were people dancing. There were people laughing. There were people just like, just truly reveling in his glory. And I was like, okay, this is interesting to me. <laughs> and I was like, this this is different. This is not, no one's bowing their head in some kind of like servitude towards this. They're like looking up at him and I'm like, this is intriguing to me as a cafeteria <laughs> Catholic. It's wild. Yeah, that sounds amazing. I didn't actually get to experience uh, joy with God. Well, I guess I kind of <laughs> did with the evangelical, well, I don't know if they're evangelical, but the televangelist stuff when I went to the megachurch, yeah. that was definitely like, whoa, people are into this i mean this one was wild because they had like a show like there was like people on like they had like they had they was extravagant they had like the stage lights it looked like i was going to a broadway show and i was like fully expecting someone to like give me a playbill i'm like look look, give me this playbill and there's like this choir and there's wire acts like there's like angels like hanging and flying and there's people coming out it was like a christmas thing and i was Mm. like oh i want to just know what it's like i'm i was raised jewish atheist agnostic like i don't know and the weather outside is frightful and i'm like like, this is insane this is religion what (laughs) And that's kind of where, that's kind of where apocalyptic mysticism came from because I'm over here like, dang, all this is about like what happens when you die. Yeah. And if you go outside of Christianity, it's mm-hmm. the same, it's all the same thing because yeah. I mean, I didn't have, I, I went to like, there was like a Buddhist holiday. It was like new year. I think it was like for the Chinese new year. There's the, t- there's a temple that was like giving out food and like you could mm. talk to people and stuff. And so I went to that and I checked it out just kind of see what's going I mean, it's very different, and obviously, when I was researching Buddhism, I learned that like it really depends where you're, where you are in terms yes. of like what it is, and 
it's so it's like so much more the basic tenet that everyone agrees on is that like buddha was you know this indian prince who reached nirvana through meditating under Mm -hmm. this tree for like 80 days without eating her and he Mm. was trying and drinking he was trying to figure out the question of why does suffering exist because he's like background is prince living with like the finest uh finest uh like living situation he has like a harem of women and he has like all the food he can want he like doesn't have to do any labor he could have all the power in the world and then when he's finally he like goes and leaves the castle one time and sees that uh there's like he sees like there's like three or four signs he sees like an old man dying he sees someone dying of disease he sees someone starving and he's just like why is Mm -hmm. suffering exist and he like juxtaposition of like lavish lifestyle with the reality meditates Richie's Nirvana teaches people how to do like how to do it and then obviously it merges with so many different regions right native religion at the time and it kind of evolves becomes so many different things so the one Buddhist experience I had is not a testimony to all Buddhism right but it definitely was way more of like a they're really happy to feed me the food (laughs) (laughs) something that I read that I always found was so beautiful is that there is a sect of Zen Buddhists that um, actually come out of Japan and um, the thing that they talk about and how they view the afterlife is that time is not necessarily a straight line but rather it's a coil and it's kind of like a spring that's like it's just moments layered on top of each other in a spiral and the moments whenever the coil is like squeezed by just like the universe by things collapsing on itself that's whenever you experience somebody that's in like a different plane either whether that be future past or um Mm. beyond existence and that's how they explain like how spirituality and like that connectedness happens wow that's Um, interesting right and like to me the thing that i loved about it is that they always they relate it to when someone dies and how they're not really gone because they exist in these different planes, whether that be in um, the past or how you remember them in the present or even in the plane that's beyond this physical one. Um, I always thought that was such a beautiful thought of just like not, things truly never ending. And I thought that um, that's that's such a lovely way to be. I, I don't necessarily like to think of just like what we were talking about. I, um, traditional Christianity talks about like a heaven and a hell and the and purgatory i really love to think that like there's just different places of like or different states rather that's i mean yeah, it's just it's it's wonderful that people's like imaginations lead to such like cool realities and mm. i mean people definitely have like i don't know about you but i definitely one time like thought i had like a vision of a past life but i also mm. am like a creative person that has a lot of imagination so i'm always <laughs> like was that past life or was that just me being like bored you know <laughs> Well, it's, it's so interesting. Like even in my own family, we have like the women in our family are sensitive to certain things. Um, I, I've had my fair share of like, (laughs) this is a little weird. It's getting a little weird in the podcast. Um, (laughs) (laughs) One time I just got like, I got this weird urge to like write something and it was, I didn't realize that it was a song that I was writing. And then when I looked back at the lyrics, it was like, Oh, my grandmother just passed away. And this is like her last letter to our family. Um, yeah, it was weird because I didn't, I wasn't thinking about anything as I was writing. It was truly that I was just like feeling as I was writing. 
ah, there's something about the, the other side of it that's just so interesting. And maybe that's where the, my mysticism comes from, Bill. Maybe that's where that is coming from for me. I I feel you. That's where mine comes from, too. In this whole journey, I was like of visiting all these different religious experiences that I hadn't really visited before. Because the few religious experiences I had growing up were like, even though most people in my family didn't believe in God, we like ethnically are Jewish. So we went to this very atheist friendly Jewish synagogue, but that's like, that's like, it was like attending a philosophy lecture. So after all this, I was just trying to, trying to figure out like, man, like, man, it just feels like people are, it's always about like the end of life, the end of the world. Like what is meaning? I mean, you look at like, if you dabble into Hinduism, which is just like a loose term for people that follow the Vedic texts that like mm-hmm. interpret these books and these like, different gods, pantheon of gods. Like it's, it's hard to generalize things because again, it's like so localized in the, mm-hmm. in the nation mm-hmm. that it's like, I don't want to offend anyone by saying like, this is Hinduism, but right, something right. that I found in my studies of it where that there was like, there was areas that would say like in 4 million years, this cycle will end where it's one day of this God's life, but it's 4 million of your years. And when that happens, that means that this universe ends and it's reborn, but it happens like a few times. And and when the God within the God's lifetime, which is measured by these many days. And then that means that this cow's leg fall off (laughs) as the universe is reborn so then eventually it gets to the point where the cow's standing on one leg and that signifies like an incredibly unstable universe. And apparently that's the universe oh. we're in these days. Like that's oh. the, we're in the one legged cow. No. And so I'm like, dude, everybody is like worried about the freaking fiery death, the burning, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Like Jews think it's God is just waiting to do it. Like, cause it's a freaking <laughs> sociopath. The He's Christians flying. are like, Christians are like, it's the four horsemen, you mm-hmm. know, Buddhists are like, no, you're already in it. <laughs> like, it's about like detaching yourself from it. The Hindus are like, yeah, you're basically in it, but it is going to get worse eventually. And you know, there's, I mean, this like, guy's going to have no legs soon guys. And I no didn't legs. actually get to do Islam mm. as much as I want to get mm. into Islam. It was just like when I was getting ready to go to a mosque and like really study Islam, COVID yeah. started happening. So uh, I was like, oh yeah, I don't get to have this. But even at that time, I had already had concocted the idea of apocalyptic mysticism. And I was right. like, okay, my experience from these other ones, Islam is an Abrahamic religion. It probably has an apocalypse thing <laughs> <laughs> just cause, or maybe not an apocalypse thing, but it probably has something to do with like the fiery death of the of and yeah, you know, just because it's the same God as the Christians and the Jews, and they mm-hmm. both have something going on there. So uh, even though it's not hell with Jews, but uh, yeah, but still, I, I I didn't quite get to be as extensive, and that's like feels che- like cheating because it's like a billion people. <laughs> but you know, I didn't I didn't want there to be a pandemic too, y'all. So, <laughs> but yeah, nobody asked for that. Nobody wanted that. Apocalyptic mysticism was kind of the name of like a lot of the songs I, we were writing had uh, were had stuff to do with me exploring these ideas because it was mm. kind of a way for me to get topics to write about as like you know because I come from that perspective of having no like right. belief so it was cool it was yeah that's that's basically where it came from it, it, the album definitely feels like it's a journey through multiple texts and like trying to find where you land in that but what i love about it is that there's no real resolution to it it's just about like um 
visiting each of these different um, mindsets and yeah. not and not necessarily um, adhering to one. Like one is not better than the other. They simply exist. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and uh it was just like this tells this the ver- the variety of this and the different interpretations of like reality via mm. all these different uh religions is more indicative of like what it is to be human mm-hmm. than anything. Like there's like similar fears and you know, and then there's di- there's there's the same fears but there's these different explanations. Yes. And for and like how you deal with them and uh, it was just kind of like trying to understand that and trying to see like I guess, you know, anybody who's interested in any type of metaphysical bullshit is always looking for, like, what uh, what it means to be alive and conscious. And it was mm-hmm. just, like, another way of getting a finer, uh, like, lens on that concept. Yeah. No, I totally agree. And listeners, we finally come to that part of the program where you get to have a little taste of this apocalyptic mysticism from ass erosion. So, without further ado... Bill, we're going to go ahead and play the track So Down. Uh, you want to preface this track a little bit so that people can understand what's it, what they're getting into as they're about to get down to it. Yes, So Down is the first song on apocalyptic mysticism that, uh, well, it's not, th- there's an intro song, but it's like the first song in terms of the theme of the album, and it's uh, opening up with the character which is not it's like a fictitious version of myself being like oh man there's no meaning in anything and it's so easy to just want to sleep all day (laughs) and it's like the thing that spurs the oh i should go check out all these different religions not that i want to believe in things but maybe there's like wisdom and answers in this journey Just can't wait I'm like 
thank you so much for listening to This Band is Real Season 2, Episode 8, a.k.a. the finale episode for Season 2. Don't forget to vote on our socials at TVIR underscore pod to tell us who you think was the real band. And tune in tomorrow night on our Twitch to see if you voted right. Don't forget to rate and review us wherever you're listening to your podcasts. And we'll see you again next season, guys. Love you. Bye.